From Central Source and the Fifth Element Podcast Network, this is In Search of Source. My name is Ryan Gore, and welcome to this bonus episode. Rather than a regular episode discussing music journalism, you're about to hear my interview with Saros, a global collective of musicians. If you recall my interview with Chris Keyes from last year, you remember that I made a complimentary article on centralsource.com to the interview. I've returned to this format for my interview today. Similar to an audio guide in the museum, the article works to give extra context and analysis for the interview. The group and I discussed the formation of Saros and looked to dig towards their core philosophies as artists. I had a great time talking to them and I'd like to thank each and every one of them for making the time to talk to me. Once again, that's centralsource.com for the complimentary article. Now, now, leave you in the hands of Saros. All right, this is In Search of Source, and I'm here with the creative collective Saros. Uh, so this is a podcast episode, so audio format. And just so everyone can differentiate everyone's voices, I'm going to go around and everyone say their name and, you know, fun fact about yourself, if you know, you know. Let's break the ice. So uh, let's start with Dalton. What's going on, guys? I'm Animus. <clears throat> I'm a rapper, producer, and uh, yeah, I'm part of Saros. Is that a fun fact? I think people know that. That's a very fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do on my uh, school first day. I'm like, I'm Animus, what's up? Fair enough. Uh, and Nagasi? Yeah, um, my name is Nagasi. I write, I write poetry, I write um, free verse, I write rhyme, and straight out of Texas, man. That's, that's, that's the fun fact. And Ian? Hello, I go by Ian and the Water. I am a rap artist. I do not produce. <laughs> and I am from West Virginia. I am on a town that borders Maryland and Virginia. So we're right in the middle. Yusuf? Uh, what's up? It's uh, Freddie, Freddie Fargo. I'm uh, a producer. I just make beats and uh, I'm from Saudi Arabia. Antoine Sand. Yo, what up, y'all? Uh, Sanswan Sand. My real name Jalen, but you can call me whatever you want. Uh, I'm from Washington State. And fun fact about me is, man, I don't even really like any of these dudes. No, I'm <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. No, I'm just playing. I love y'all. No, I'm just playing. Because we uh, wash them. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Damn. Don't start, start, hey, don't start no more beat now, yeah. man. Don't start none. I'm off. Yo, uh... I'm Amwa. I I'm a rapper, producer, uh, etc. And uh, fun fact about me is I'm Ganyan. Great, nice. Uh, Jedos. Uh, my name is Jed. I do beats, and I was originally from Canada. I guess that's a fun fact. I didn't know that, so that's a fun fact. And Brown Sounds. Yeah, it's uh, it's Brown Sounds. Uh, I'm a rapper, producer, graphic designer, um, poet, all all types of things. And my fun fact is I'm six seven, very mm. tall. 
Here's another dope fact. I'm, I'm the best in sorrows. You got a plus one on me because I don't know how to make a beat. <laughs> no, I saw love, saw love. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go back to the first time either of you, any of you met. So I believe that was when Animist and Ian met on Call of Duty. Yeah. That would be true. We met yeah. back in March. Oh, Shit, he knows it's the been date. seven years. March of 2013 or 2014? 2014. 2014. Mm-hmm. We met Ooh. playing Black Ops 2. Yeah, we just, uh, I guess we had some, like, mutual friends, and, like, we started, like, partying up and playing together, and then uh, we kind of just started playing together every day, uh, stayed in touch once we, like, because, like, I think we both stopped playing COD around, like, 2017 or 2016, but yeah. we still stayed in touch, and then uh, we both started rapping around the same time and making, like, the same type of music. It was very just, like, unplanned. It kind of just It happened. worked well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And then who was the next person to enter the fold? Um, Jed? Was it Jed or Freddy? It would be Jed, was... I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was yeah. Jed. Yeah, Jed sent me some beats um, back in January, er, December of 2018. He sent me about 50 beats during my finals week, and I got super overwhelmed. I was like, I can't even look at these at the moment. But uh, yeah, they're, so they're Jed, all great. Jed, how did you find animist music um i think it was just through twitter i saw a soundcloud link over i think it was the accordion beat mm, yeah i did a remix to that that was a while ago and then i just asked if you wanted beats i think it was like that yeah and then it was funny yeah, then Freddie. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it was probably the same way. Freddie, you can tell that how you found me. Yeah, it was around February of the next year. So Jed sent it like at the end of 2019. I sent it in 2020. I DM Dalton asking for just like to, to collab because I really like their sound. And uh, we just headed off from there. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, it just it went from there. Yeah, and by and, this uh, point, the Twitter thing is quite big, right? Uh, sort of, yeah. You mean like, like the community it, or? Yeah, the Twitter community, the hip hop Twitter. Community yeah, yeah. It was, it was. I don't know. It was pretty small, honestly. Like, I think like one of the biggest accounts in it had like three thousand followers, maybe. So wow, like, okay. Definitely nowhere where it was at right now, but uh, yeah, it's still pretty small. And uh, yeah, Freddie just reached out with some beats. And um, I was just like, you want to make a project together? Because there was multiple beats in the pack that I liked. And we made Baby Steps EP. And that was my yeah. first project. It was mine as well. And was Saros a concept at that point? No, that didn't no. come. That didn't come until like June. Um, it was, yeah, it was what was it yeah it was june i I called dalton like once i think this was this was before sorrows so this was before june even i called uh, them and we made a discord server just for people to interact uh with music just from twitter 
and a lot of a lot of people joined. But uh, San joined, Ian joined, Jed joined, and those were the main like five that were going in the calls every day and every other day just to mess around, play games, and stuff like that. Right, and then how does Nagasi, Amwa, and Brown Sounds come into it? Um, I had known Nagasi for probably like a year beforehand, and uh, I really liked his poetry. And so once the group started forming, um, I kind of just asked him, since I already knew him, we were already cool. Like, we would talk frequently, um, stuff like that. Uh, Sand, he was in the Discord and, like, the listening parties we would do for, like, Paradigm Shift and stuff. He's always chilling in there. Um, uh, Amwa, uh, I found his music on Twitter. It was whenever he was only making beats at the time. And then he dropped, like, his first rap song. I was like, damn, this, this kid's yeah. not talented. And so I reached out to him. I also saw him on like over or Dimage's stream. Like, was like it Turbulence? Uh, I think there was yeah, one yeah, Turbulence. That was way before that. That was, was crazy, though. I think that was first was I heard of him. After I put out like uh, the first one, I don't think it's up there anymore, but I think it was like Thoughts from By the Creek or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm always in uh songs before me, right? Yeah. 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 Where, where, mm-hmm. where, yeah. Okay. I remember. I that. believe, I believe it was me, then you, Sam, then uh, Charles. Then, then Charles. Yeah. yeah. That was, damn, that's a crazy three peat. Stacked right there. Um, and then Charles, how'd you and me meet? Um, I think we interacted on Twitter and then we did the, the three track EP with four tracks on it. <laughs> yeah. We did that one. Um, <laughs> It was cinnamon checks. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. That's how we met. But I didn't join until like uh, that was in July, and I didn't join till October. Yeah, me and Michael had to do some some convincing trying to get this native bro. Yeah, and he turned me down first time. He's like, no, I don't know. I already already had a conversation with him about this before. I don't got to explain myself. Go check out my article on yeah, uh, go Central check out Sauce. Centralsource.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a clean that's plug. That's a clean plug. <laughs> Listen nah, to was, with love. Listen to it. Love. No, that was too funny, though. We was trying to get uh, Charles to join up. That was too funny. You remember that, Michael? Yeah. Oh, oh man. God. That was funny. Yeah, oh, so, you kind of, so you create this internet-based collective. Um, have any of you tried as artists trying working with the local uh artists in your area or was it always was your art always something you displayed online and never in person um for me at least the community like like the community on social media and all that spread the whole bunch of different uh, platforms are the most supportive people like this like they everybody shows love to each other Everybody reposts, listens to, buys each other's stuff, content, all that stuff. So, like, of course, you're going to – I put my stuff there, you know, because you know it's going to be appreciated. You know, that's you know that's your audience. You know, you, it's like it's a direct source to, you know. So that that's how I see it. It's, a, like, a great community to share your stuff with online because, you know, you're always going to get good feedback. You're always going to meet new people who do have, or have the same aspirations you have in, in this music and art stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> for me, uh, before I met 
you know, any of y'all, I was um I was working with like more local artists and stuff. Little so Sam. Like, Little yeah, Sam. Yeah, so that was like another a different moniker. I had been um like I, I was in like another collective, you know, some of my homies uh from my hometown. Um, and you know, we did our thing for like a summer or whatever. Uh, and it was super dope. And that's kind of basically how I got like into music and stuff. Um, but then once I had really got like into Twitter, like I was interacting with a bunch of people, like just about music, like not even about my music, just about music in general. And then once I started really, really dropping music and then, you know, like Charles said, like how everybody's so supportive and like, you know, everybody's reposting, everybody's, you know, replying, like listening to it, actually like giving you feedback. So like, you know, that's what really got me like wrapped into like kind of the, the social media movement and stuff. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm not the most social like person where I'm willing to work with like just anybody. Uh, if I do see talent, I'm going to tap in, of course. Mm. And in my area, there's not a lot of local people, you know, around who are doing music in general. And even if they are doing music, it's not a lot doing what I do. You know, I live around a lot of people who do DMV music and stuff. A lot of people who, you know, listen and be around like Lil Manny and Zan Man and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So was it like the the uh, this particular sound that you were pushing wasn't like basically didn't exist in your area? It does but, exist, just not in my part. Like, of course, it's I, yeah, it's I mean, I'm in Virginia more specifically North Virginia. South Virginia has a lot of great acts, like, of course, Mutant Academy, Flyanic, and all of them, and people who operate down there. But Northern VA is a lot more uh, different when it comes to music and scenes and stuff like that. Yeah, and like, the internet's, I guess, the most part of all of that, and accepting of absolutely any sound and everything. Like, if right. you make yeah. something, chances are someone on the internet's going to mess with it. Exactly. There's like something for everyone in the internet. Just uh, for, for me personally, I tried, uh, like when I went to a few concerts here back before everything, uh, I met up with a few, like I, uh, I met up with a few people that do music, but no one really did what I, what I did or something similar at least. Same with uh, moi. And uh, yeah, for music, for me, at least it's all about finding common ground and building up from there. And I just couldn't find that like physically. I think that's the cool thing about Soros is like how spread out we are across the world and like how we still found that common ground like between each other. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something I couldn't find in my town. And a lot of people are the same. So we kind of gravitated towards the internet and found each other and just worked off that common ground. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the origin of the name Soros is yeah. that it's worldwide and global. So it's, it's it means whenever the polls change. So we thought uh we we sat on a name forever because we didn't know exactly what to make it and we didn't want to rush a name. Uh and then we found Soros and it we basically wanted something that represented because there were only five members at the time whenever AV was in. And we wanted something that symbolized that we were worldwide. And because that means the poles shifting, it's always daytime or nighttime, no matter what time zone a member is in. Basically, it was our theory behind that. 
and he yeah. came up with that name. So yeah, he definitely hit the nail on the head with it. Like, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, that's it's tough. I did not know that's, that's what the name. I mean, I didn't go. I did not. That's why. That's what it meant. I always clean, like Ian explaining. He knows it the best. Nah, that's hard. I mean, yeah, it's a beautiful sentiment. So, what point were you at the stage? So it was five members at the point where you were like, okay, we want this to be a thing. We want us to be this collective. It's crazy but, because we didn't expect it to be this. Mm. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. you think of it as? I just, uh, like, I don't know. Just, just a couple of we friends, just like, like yeah. making music. For Honestly, just, just a little Twitter group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, like, we were, like, me and Jed were about to drop Paradigm Shift, and then Ian and Jed were about to drop um, Drowning Cycle. Drowning Cycle. Yeah, and Jed and was it, about to drop Lifeless. Yeah, and so, okay. like, that's when the group formed. Was we just had three projects we were sitting on, and we were in Discord every night, and then me and Yusuf already had something out. And then, um, so we were just like, let's start a collective. And like, I've tried in the past to start collectives. I like tried with like people in my hometown, okay. but like people just weren't taking it seriously. And I like working with people that like, they do this shit every day, like I do. And like, yeah, so I don't know, it just worked out. And I'm really happy how it did. Do you think it's the fact that you were searching for this particular sound and this particular I guess meeting of minds particular way of thinking that makes you all work so well as a collective it's more that we just have fun together like it's we're we're friends and we like we don't think much of it or try not to overthink it at least like we we just enjoy making music and I feel like every time we do make music together and collaborate, it's always seen as that, uh, for me at least, something just yeah. fun. And at the same time, it's really driven and focused. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Who? Who, me? Go ahead, Ian, yeah. Oh, uh, um, I'd say for me specifically, I just like the competition aspect of it because not only are we all there to support each other and that's dope that we're able to do whatever we want and really no matter how niche it is or whatever, just expect some sort of turnout or some sort of reception, no matter if it's like constructive or whatever, you know, it always helps. And then just the competition aspect, like I said, I mean, a lot of groups fall apart because people have talent gaps and everything. And I just see everybody is on the same playing field in here. Yeah. So, so it's fun. To just... Huh? Sorry. Go for it, Karen. I was just going to say it's fun to just go up against everybody because, you know, you see now that we're getting traction, which is crazy to say, uh, you see two SARS members on a lineup or just a SARS member at all or two SARS members on the same project. People are like, oh, shit. And they take note of that. Word. And it doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. It don't matter it's, who it is. I yeah, think it's, it's more dope. of a healthy but, competition. Yeah, definitely. I, I love uh, I love competing with y'all. That's like, it's amazing. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's super dope because uh, like I was friends with a bunch of these dudes first like before anything like uh i'd known dalton for a while um through twitter um i'd also know nathan as well through twitter and then like so even like way before i was even in sorrows like we was already homies so making music just came like second nature yeah 
And that's like another thing that I like about the Discord is like me and like Sand and Freddie, like we all talk frequently. So like whenever the time it is time to make the music, it's just it's easy. It just rolls. Those relationships are already there. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's not even really that hard forming them too, because like I remember uh when I first met Sand. And I think it was like in a Discord thing, right? It's in an uh, overcast Discord. Yeah, yeah, we stayed up to like 5 a.m. just laughing and listening to music. <laughs> we were listening to my old, like my first ever recordings. <laughs> and we were just dying laughing because everything was just like super cool. We just, we just got like really cool really quickly. Hell yeah. It's all just boy. cool people. That sounds like the dumb shit we would do on Minecraft whenever <laughs> someone would play a beat and then everybody would start freestyling in the yeah. call. Oh my god. It's fun. It's just easy to meld. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about that friendly competition and like the way it helps, I guess, push your creative boundaries. And I want to uh, direct this one at Nagasi as the poet in the group. Not necessarily um creating in the same way as everyone else does so how does that help you push your creativity yeah um i'm gonna keep it a bean so i really find the whole creative um scene for poets to be kind of scarce i mean both both physically and virtually but at the end of the day um i definitely just want to push myself you know to be the best I can be, but also I don't want to strain myself. There was a point in time where I was trying to write every day and I was trying to like force myself into like putting standards on a page, but it was like, it was either creating stuff that I wasn't the happiest with or just wasn't like making me happy. So I really just had to just pace myself and just try and be the creative to the best of my own ability. But to be honest, just the support of having a group of people who just rock with your stuff on a constant basis. Like if I ever just throw um, one of my writings into a group chat, you know, I'm guaranteed to have at least a few people reach it immediately and just show support and say that it's awesome and shit like that. So it really does mean a lot. Um, the creative space is kind of scarce, but just interacting with people who either make music or create, you know, art or just our creators in a different way um it definitely stimulates my mind to be the best i can be um but at the end of the day like that's just because these guys out here both on twitter and even um sometimes in the physical realm like they just have great palettes you know they have very they're very transparent they're very open they have great they have great tastes man i mean i'm not trying to cast myself but i think i'm a pretty great writer and the fact that these guys rock with my stuff and, i think so <laughs> too. And, and appreciate that and talk that, that shit like, nigga. come on say, man uh, i'd say but you like some bragging rights yeah and the fact that like you know don reached out to me and said you know you want to be a part of a group that was really that was really great and now i've had this like have this like little brotherhood to be creative with yeah, I always say, like, self-confidence is the hardest part of being a writer. And I guess that extends to being a creative in general. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how many of you here uh, create beats? We've established that Ian does not. <laughs> I think uh, all of us. Well, 
Yeah, so I guess I can kind of call myself a producer now. <laughs> Everyone go get that cassette. Is there any left? Uh, no, we actually sold out. So it sold out in like two weeks. Um, after I get these shipped out and everything, though, hopefully, you know, we'll see if I'll do them like to order or whatever, if enough people want them. But yeah, no, we sold out, man. Shit, crazy. That's beautiful. That, that... Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I remember that project coming out and just seeing the whole thing blossom from there. It's just been amazing even at a discount crazy crazy to my wildest dreams dp was a moment mm. that's a classic that's a, a classic bro that was yeah, a moment man. classic bro that's i don't even want y'all to do that right now man like nah, one of them sorrows essentials nah, yeah, it's definitely wow, a essential. essential. definitely definitely that's probably like one of the best things that uh like to show somebody if they want to in my opinion like want to know sorrows and shit mm-hmm. yeah like, that's a great a introduction and, yeah so I'm pretty sure almost songs. all of us produced on it or rapped on it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. tried to get everybody involved, and that was before. Like, I, I mean, I think most of it is done before you were even in Sorrows, and then like we picked you up. Yeah, before yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys picked me up like right before uh, it was getting dropped. But honestly, I kind of just recorded that album in like a week. I'm not even gonna sit here lying. <laughs> so like, it was like almost done, and then um, then I joined Sorrows, but. Yeah, I mean, it's been just crazy, like, seeing how everything has grown, like, since that drop. Because I thought that, like, when it came first, first came out, I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then all the way up to where we are now, seven months later, it's even crazier. So, it's it's wild. Yeah, I want to send this question to the guy on the other side of the world, uh, Jedos. So, Uh, how do you think the dynamic with the group would be different if you were all in person? Um... If at all. I don't know, honestly. Imagine like, we'd still be making house. regardless. But maybe you'd have more... You'd be able to get your ideas across better if you're in person. Hmm. As opposed to, like, messaging or through here. But I don't think it'd be too different, to be honest. Yeah, because the internet is what it is right now, right? Yeah, that's, I mean... Yeah, that's how I find people that I like on just the Twitter realm, I guess, if you want to call it. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah, and do you think your individuality as artists has been allowed by the internet? Do you think the artists coming up now with the internet allow themselves more individuality because there's no, like, label system you have to go to to get your music out there? Yeah, I feel like everybody really does what they want to do you know in, in a way like a lot of people still i mean i feel like there's definite still like sub genres that people a lot of people attract themselves to but it pretty much is, it's like a free-for-all if you know what i'm saying if the people like it you know they're gonna like it they're gonna mess with it. they're gonna share it listen to a poster and all that so kind of like you it's definitely i feel like there would be more creative freedom through the internet route or right? because it's more independent you know it's yeah, like you're yeah, throwing exactly. out ideas on the wall, and if it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But you did it, though, regardless, you know? It's not just in the creating process either. It's the accessibility. 
that mm-hmm. you can just go to an album on Bandcamp and buy it and then it's there. And and you and vice versa for the artist's perspective, you can just drop an album like if you want, if you have the music ready, just drop it and it's there out in the world for everyone. Yeah. There's really nobody else you have to count on by yourself, like as an artist when okay. you're doing it on this internet shit. Like it's just like it's so it's like very liberating, honestly. Like, cause you know, you got nobody really waiting on you. You got like nobody telling you what to do, nobody saying you gotta do this. Like it's yeah, definitely, definitely coming like coming up on the internet, you definitely got a, a lot more freedom to express yourself and like even just carry yourself like business wise, however you want. So it's dope. Thanks. Yeah, I'm referencing the uh, Brown Sounds interview again on Central Source. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> yes, talked about how you wouldn't mind being on a label. Uh, how the rest of you guys feel if Saros got picked up by a label? Would that be something you're into? I wouldn't mind that either. I mean, <laughs> honestly, nah. Labels, labels aren't labels are a business like the music industry is a business and of course you have to understand that going into it so i feel like if you know what you're getting yourself into then being on a label wouldn't be as bad especially if like you know of course you have the knowledge of it because it's not like somebody has a hit song out right now and they go and sign like a 60 million dollar advance and you know they're tied for like 17 albums and stuff like that and the thing about that is you have to pay it all back. So I feel like if we got, you know, a good deal, me personally, I would, I wouldn't mind being on a label. Get yeah, I'd agree. Definitely. I think it kind of depends what label too. at some That's point. True. Like, but I feel like if a label were to pick us up, it would be like a big part of it would be, be because our creative freedom. Like, I don't think any label would pick up some like, people like us and then try to stifle our creative freedom and that's why yeah. like, one of my favorite labels is a mellow music group because like they have some very creative people on that and so like you know if they're trying to reach out <laughs> lex records too lex records lex records that's yeah. ball mark that's right where well. the, the honestly the only way that uh like i would want us to get picked up by labels if it was like good for like for everybody there every single yeah. one of us yeah. from me to nathan to jed to freddie everybody um you know so yeah like i'm definitely not against it like that's definitely something like you know if, if the opportunity to were to arise we'd be stupid not to look at it you know right so True. it's like but i just want to make sure that everybody's taken care of you know mm-hmm. so everybody yeah. eats everybody eat. everybody eats just as long as nobody's fucked out of a situation by a label because labels can be tricky you know Gotta read like, the fine print. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know what you're getting yourself into and it it's shitty to say, but labels pick and choose when it comes to members, you know what I mean? And or, you know. Yeah. As long as but you're smart about a it. Stigma around it. Like around say, all the labels to be completely anti-label or completely pro-label is like too general. So like yeah. somewhere in the middle yeah. of like everyone's saying is is a good direction, I guess. I the feel like of- the like being in the late like getting picked up by a label for me at least per, like the best thing it would do would just propel us with like marketing wise and get our name out there more known instead of something for 
Yeah, and set us up for the future for our futures more. That's probably the biggest thing I think a label could do for us. Honestly, we already have the talent. We got the capabilities. We don't. We we all like do something that could like benefit everything we need to do. All, the only thing we need is like a label backing is like a huge push. You know, that's really yeah. the only difference. Exactly. I think a big part of that is budget because like whenever you want to start getting more quality music is whenever like more money starts coming involved mm-hmm. and like that's the hardest thing is like you know you can rap but like once you start rapping there's music videos there's cover art there's you can either learn how to your mix features and, yeah the features it's like the money just it, it comes in which is good but it goes out even faster and so uh yeah getting a budget for this type of stuff to allow me to be even more creative or yeah be even more creative would definitely be nice but then again, like eh, label, like label situations aren't how they were back in the day, though. I mean, back in the day, they were definitely messing over artists more, but like they would take them in and like develop them. Like artist development doesn't really exist anymore, in my opinion, because if a label's uh-huh. reach, I don't think so, bro. But TDE, TDE develops their artists very well. That's true. Mind. I mean, but then again, like if you, if a label is coming up to you, at least now nowadays, like you probably already have a developed sound and mm-hmm. fan base. That's mm-hmm. facts. Okay, I see what you mean now. Yeah, because like they only take sure goes. They don't really take. Risk yeah, anymore. you know what I'm saying. A and R's aren't going to the streets and looking for like who can really rhyme or who can really sing mm-hmm. or you know. They just like, oh, okay, he's got a bit of a following. I think right. we could do something with him. You know, let's bring him in type stuff. So. I don't know. It's it's gotten more. It's became more of a money game than it is a uh, an art thing. But, but yeah, that, la- oh, go ahead. That ties in like to the to the internet thing as well because that's all they're looking at now. It's it's all like numbers and algorithms and like analytics. Yeah. But at the same time, there's people on the internet that have their own platforms independently. They can do the same thing so i think that's sort of why that's happening mm, yeah 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 and it's a there's a huge difference between indie labels like mellow and like the major labels even with tde uh interscope didn't really get involved until after section 80 until after tde had already developed developed certain artists to a certain point yeah um, so is that something that you'd want to look at if you were getting into a label situation would you say okay, um, we want to be here in how many years? Or this is what we envision for our future. And how would you feel about the little things being out of your control? Like you talk about um, a label being able to market you and you guys do all your own marketing now. Would you feel uh, stifled in any way if that was taken away from you? Hey Amen. Oh, as long no. as a label is giving me my masters and my input is being listened to and taken into account, then we can work. Honestly. I'm okay with compromise, bro. I'm okay with yeah. compromise. I mean, yeah. then again, you know, sometimes labels know what they do and they get you out there. I mean, they know what's hot. Like, yeah, yeah. And if they letting you be your artistic self while giving their input because they know how 
you know the market works and i mean mm-hmm. i'm open to anything like listen Word. hit us and up it, take, <laughs> yeah, nah, facts. it takes a lot off your plate too because if i don't gotta worry about marketing that shit man we have to make so many posts about you know like oh this drop this drop oh check out this check out this so yeah you man, that's the biggest part about it too mm-hmm. like that's the biggest part about music besides like i believe there's stages to it and then there's like in my opinion, it's to making the music, then it's to, you know, finally being of courage to release the music, and then it's marketing the music. So, and I feel like, yeah, (laughs) and I feel like marketing the music is a really crazy thing, especially when you're doing it online, because if you have... No one tells you that when you start. Yeah, no one tells you about it when you start. (laughs) So you really, like, if you have, if you're a really small artist, then you just got to continuously connect and, you know, tap in and build. And if you have connections, like you could get your stuff places, honestly, like people who have connections, they could have a small following, but that one connection will tell another person and those people will tell three people and so on and so forth. And now you have, you know, people are hearing your name and stuff like that. So marketing is, it's a very big, important part of the music process. Yeah, I just seen a dude that had like I think it's about it's it's under like under seven thousand around seven thousand followers, and he has an article on Pitchfork. So mm-hmm. it's like it's really about who you. I mean, the art also speaks for itself, but connections are key for everything, you know. And like in yeah, relationships, for real, it's not even just it's, it's the relationships you make with people you meet and interact with through this whole journey. It's, yeah, it's like um, making the music and then finding enough people to actually listen to it and or finding the right people i guess to listen to it yeah. and yeah honestly, that's also marketing shit too but no, yeah. honestly go ahead uh Dalton. oh i was gonna say like the thing with marketing is like i'm like mainly based on twitter so like and twitter algorithms are fucked like you gotta be on there multiple times a day tweeting or your tweets just won't show up on people's timelines that's right that's why i even had charles running my twitter for a while because i was like i don't want to be on this app but like i got features coming out and like this stuff like i have to retweet it or i'm a dickhead like that type of stuff and like people see it like that you know but uh yeah i've definitely been uh stepping away from twitter more and then it's Same. like i'll post a link and multiple people would be like i didn't even see this on my timeline and i'm like i know it's twitter algorithms it definitely works against you if you want to take a break from it and focus on your work, which uh, it can get annoying. Yeah, you shouldn't need a degree in like SEO just to get your stuff out there. And shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. But a huge part of marketing, just the last point on this, is like the way you're represented as artists, right? Um, artists are given certain aesthetics by labels and are told to go certain places. For example, like. You might be told to go into like DJ Vlad or something, and you know. No. <laughs> oh shit! Who tell you? Right, right. <laughs> I, never, I would never step foot up in DJ. <laughs> right, but that's the point. Like, everyone might try to control to control that kind of side to your representation and be like, "Oh, go here, here, and here," mm-hmm. and that might mess with the way you're perceived. In the uh, yeah, it might make you perceived negatively. DJ Vlad itself like is a very peculiar situation though because he's mainly known for taking these artists who may or may not have street backgrounds and 
asking them questions solely on that topic and yeah like i don't know he's he's a weird guy if you look at most of his like videos and stuff it's just like rappers incriminating themselves (laughs) Mm. so it's like so you will kill Lil Daquan in 2007, am I right? We speak into the microphone. We please. are here. How, how did you know that? We are here with Pop Smokes Killer. Right. Jeez, yeah. I mean, so it's a very peculiar situation. Yeah. You do I get a lot like of guns out of that. They get what was that? Though, so. You do get a lot of writers out there like that who are only into that side of music and yeah it's messed up yeah man the culture on youtube and like academics she's trap war ross in them jesus it's crazy bro it's actually crazy i I stumble upon it sometimes i'm like god this is some sick shit (laughs) like like king op like king op talk oh my god like bro it's crazy yeah, you stumble upon it after being in your bubble, and it's like, who gets anything from this? Like, who, bro? You'd yeah. be surprised. They get the millions thing. of views. Yeah, I was right. gonna say that's the type of videos it. that people <laughs> click on, and like, I'm sure those people don't actually like incriminating those artists, but they do like the views, and their morals aren't high enough, so they're just like, all right, I'll do this for the views, which is still fucked, but like. I think people need to stop watching that shit. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, the fact of that course, it has an audience, it's like, wow. Nah, yeah, I mean, people in those situations that, like, they talk about do not like those videos at all. And yeah. I think it's the opposite side of the spectrum of people who aren't in those situations. Like, I was watching an interview the other day, and the person was talking about it, like, yeah, these people, like, you know, Trapler Ross and, like, those people who report on like stuff going on like uh murders and hood and gang stuff and like like in the comments you'll see people like oh my favorite character is and like it's crazy because these are real people they'll talk they're talking about but they're describing them as characters as if they're not real people so it just boggles my mind that people can like really be on that and think like that. It reminds me of like years ago when DJ Academics had that uh, Chicago base. The Warren Chirac. The yeah. Warren Chirac. Yeah. He's the pioneer. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, DJ Academics is like really he's a, terrible at it. He's a sick he, ass nigga. Yeah. He, no, he gained so his, much yeah. clout off of that, too. Like, off of reporting on that, like he gained so much clout. Now people are replicating that formula and using mostly black violence and trauma to market whatever they're trying to do. And like, yeah, my father's actually funny. Yeah, they think they they think it's a story. Like it's it's really crazy. It's really crazy. It's crazy. Not even that, like, oh, sorry. No worries. It, it breaks out into like the sort of like the tv world where there's netflix documentaries and like shows that have like sort of an underlying message but it's not really underlying like it's it's i don't know it's, it's dehumanizing to say the least like it's, no definitely yeah that's facts. very weird can't even go on a i mean it's, it's crazy bro you really can't look at any like new black stories that are happening nah, in the media without like just, seeing something that's unsettling. It's just trauma porn, bro. That's all it is, bro. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think academics will will pull up on this because I don't think. You <laughs> know, you read in central talk about that, like. <laughs> but yeah, um, so back to the collective, back to the music. Um, I feel like all the projects you will release have a distinct sound, but there's a Saros identity that runs through them. And you talked earlier about people seeing the Saros member on an album and thinking, like, that's a thing now, like, people perk up to that. And I think that that's because your identity is so strong, even though you have your different backgrounds, different styles. So what do you think that core philosophy and identity is? I think it's quality. I don't know. Yeah, quality. That's what I think. I don't know. I've, (laughs) I've started, like, realizing when it comes to artists and artistry, like once you have something established, it's really just running off the name at that point. Like when you can associate a name to something, it's like most people say, oh, uh, Madlib has his own sound. Oh, Keitronada has his own sound. And it's like, yeah, they do, but they can do any other thing. And people will be like, oh, that's still Keitronada because of the name alone. They associate the name with something that they are familiar with so yeah i mean honestly i feel like when people see one of us or hear one of us it's like oh that's sorrows because they associate that with something that they felt or they've seen before yeah we established it we all have like yeah projects we all have like a standing project that that like really showcases our, our talent and ability as well and so yeah. when like i feel like when we're Either we're together on a track because there's definitely multiple tracks that have multiple sorrows members on on different people's projects that aren't even sorrows. So yeah, I feel like this it's like the chemistry and the in the music like stands for like it, it shows itself. You know what I'm saying? It, we, we already exactly. yeah, like we have our sound and everything. We have like us and the authentic, authenticity of it. It it just bleeds through. I feel like there's no way you can't see it. You know. Uh, on the visual level, there's also the, the the logo as well that sort of illustrates what like the identity is, and it's mainly something like positive, like uh, in in yeah. a positive light, and that's always sort of what we were aiming for <clears throat> in our sound and our um, with yeah. like features and stuff and like. Uh... Like, we're all still very, like, tapped into the community. Like, if someone reaches out to us, like, we're always like, yes, I'm down to be on that. You know, like, um, and I think that helps us a lot. And, like, I enjoy doing it. I'm sure everyone else really enjoys doing it. So it's like we're doing our own thing, but it's also, like, we love being a part of the community um, Mm -hmm. and, like, working with other people. And um, that's why we're on so many projects. We really be putting ourselves out there. That's yeah. Facts. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, everybody trying to eat, bro. Ain't no point in being like, stingy. I think honestly, a lot of this stems from just everybody like being themselves. Like, I think that is our core philosophy: is just like be yourself. I just like corny as hell. I know, whatever. <laughs> be yourself. Like, that's honestly like the core philosophy for for all of us. I would say, mm. and, like Charles said, like that bleeds through like in our authenticity and our music. You know, like yeah. I don't think any of us are trying to be something we're not. Like we all. You know, you can hear you can hear it in the music, man. Like, you know, facts. And that's how we're like. Go ahead, Ian. I was just gonna say something that routed back to what we were talking about earlier. How we're not like we're all independent, but we're not anti any like label or anything. But the second you take that away from us, the individuality, it's just like that's not really our music anymore. 
Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's why Soros is such a strong collective. Um, because we do work well with each other, but like our solo stuff can be like really spread out there. Um, Stands out on his own. Yeah. 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 It's definitely like uh it's like we kind of bend when working with each other, but then once we're on our solo stuff, we bend the opposite way. And it's kind of like you know, we can mesh well together, but we can also do our own shit. It's kind of like a proving ground. Yeah, no, I would say like no, no two performances you're like you're gonna hear on anybody's project are the same. And I really like that uh analogy. Though you've been one way, you've been another, and you know, yeah. That's so true because I was listening back to back to um Diddy Departed and to uh the new EP. I appreciate that. The new EP of Freddie and Sand. And see through already your production yeah see through so your production is so sparse on both of those projects it's like i can't believe it's the same person but it's still saros you know i i know nah, nothing's that, like right? a sand on on a freddy beat man there's yeah. nothing like yeah, it yeah. there's nothing like it man. Don't hold and that and that tape to me definitely seemed like sand was coming out of his comfort zone a bit like i think the beat selection on that one was just not like he's like faking anything but he's trying something new with it and you know he has freddie there to where like he can kind of bend towards freddie's style and get some new like attribute points on some, <laughs> some of that shit you know like ah uh, facts definitely i was definitely that's definitely what i was going for i'm, I'm glad it showed up but yeah. it was super yeah. it was super dope working with freddie I'm really fucking happy with how it turned out. And uh, I'm definitely down to work again and create something even better. Yeah, yeah. And from a writing standpoint, uh, I was listening to interviews of Animist and Ian, and you both mentioned starting writing to cope. Like, I think you used that exact word in both of you. So is that also something at the core of Saros? It's the... uh, emotional identity as well as the uh, musical one yeah uh, and i think we all do that honestly like amoa especially like uh, i really like his music because it's very vulnerable uh, emotionally and that's something that i can highly respect because it's not an easy thing to do at all and uh i do it in my music as well and uh yeah it's just like starting writing like to cope with like whatever is going on in life like that was like what got me addicted to writing and now I'm trying to venture off and try new things but I think like that's always going to be my core foundation um and me and Ian have went through very similar life struggles not on everything but there's definitely been some similarities where it's like I'll have a problem and like he had that problem last year he'll have a problem and I had that problem before Mm. so we can always talk to each other about that stuff and give each other advice with how we dealt with the situations which is I think that's like how we really became good friends I'd say for me specifically in terms of writing um I feel like I've always been able to write just in general and I mean in any term of like just style usually it would be like you know comparing shit to other shit or just like punchlines like Brown said in his interview just kind of like references or whatever and I never really felt like I had a personal identity with my music until I want to say like after 2018 when I started writing and then I was like oh 
just trying to find the most tangible words to describe how I'm feeling. And I, I don't know, just putting whatever you could out there, kind of like it's a confessional, just, you know, I just kind of compare it to like writing a note and then throwing it. You know what I mean? Like balling it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as for me, uh, I, my writing has kind of went under a little bit of a change from my last project to where I am now. Because when I released uh, Tears Like Crystals, I was definitely in the mind state of how I can say, how can I say what I'm feeling in the most proficient way? And now I'm definitely, I'm moving into so many different spaces. Like I'm doing so many different things and blending so many different genres right now. And like, it's really made me focus on writing with like brevity mm. and talking topical, like being more conceptual. Yeah. I love that you said that. I love that you said brevity. That's so interesting because um, I don't think, I don't know if it's intentional, but all of you kind of, uh, explore mental health in a different way and in a nuanced way and mental health is a very abstract thing so yeah. exploring that with brevity is a difficult thing because usually when you have very. something in the abstract you have to go outside of what's regular you know like um i know animists you know we're massive fans of rap Era, one of those abstract avant-garde artists working today and the way that he bends his language, the words he feels like he has to use are so outside of what anything you'd hear on another song. So how do you, Anwar, go about uh, writing in that new way? Uh, I just, honestly, I just draw from my inspirations and try and figure out like, okay, I care about technicalities, but I also don't want to just be saying anything. It's a very fine, it's a very fine line. You have to tiptoe between uh, talking that talk and like sounding corny and being technically proficient, but not just like rhyming every single word for rhyming sake. So I don't know. I think I saw uh, an interview the other day with uh, Black Dot, one of my favorite rappers of all time. And he was like, uh he he said i have to make it so people can like really think when they're listening to me like i can't I, it would be very easy to say uh i'm top gun like tom cruise or something like that something very easy but if you like really think about okay how can i bend this okay like what information do i know about you know certain metaphors and different ways to rhyme and stuff like that so you know i just try and think about it in that way like what how can i make this sound witty but like also smart and not do too much at the same time and that's what i've been on recently because i'm singing a lot more uh i'm doing a lot more nowadays so you know, I, it's kind of, it's very hard, like, writing my first 
songs like singing song it's very hard to like try and find out what you want to say and keep it like spaced because you know very used to writing in like four bars 16 bars Mm -hmm. 32 bars you know so i thought you can be more creative when you sing like yeah you can you can do a lot more things so it's it's also a thing just like breaking out of a shell that you're in and trying to find more uh trying to find more avenues to say what you want to say and ian speaking about um moving past not exactly moving past the way you've created before but expand on the way you create i remember you saying in an interview that after drowning cycle you don't want to return to those feelings and you don't want to return to that kind of um those kind of topics so well yeah i'd say um in terms of writing about them that's not something i'm against because like i said i mean it just helps it's a good outlet and it's it's a healthy way to cope but uh, in terms of actually returning to them themselves, nah. Like, that's that's probably my favorite part. Uh, I think I said that in the interview with uh, Daniel, mm. that my favorite part about, you know, moving on past Drowning Cycle and everything was actually moving on past everything. So, you know, it was worth it in the end. People got to People got to hear what I got to say and... I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that it was able to touch people. Yeah, and it did. Like that's that project as someone myself has struggled with mental health before, it's like you didn't hold back at all and you went <laughs> even to the ugly places that mm. would take you and yeah, I, I loved it for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I uh I mixed and mastered that album and uh so I spent a lot of time listening to it. And so, and even after it dropped, like I still listen to it frequently. Um, it's definitely like a comfort album for me because how like straightforward and open he is with things and not holding stuff back. And I think that's like, I don't know, man, that it's not easy to do, but he did it so well. I really like that album. I appreciate it. Running <laughs> Cycle is a great tape as well. And I think uh, Jed's beats compliment Ian's the best. Ian's rapping the best. Uh, yeah. It really shines on that tape. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know, the way to translate emotions, both production-wise and uh, on pen and paper, is, it's, it's crazy. I appreciate that. <laughs> As yeah, you can tell, I don't handle praise super. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all still kind of shocked in that, in that sense. Because yeah. that's something that's definitely been thrown our, our way a lot more. But what were you saying? Sorry. Oh, I was going to throw it to Jed and to talk about how um, how when you're creating, I'm sure you're not thinking, oh, this one's going to be for Ian, this one's going to be for so-and-so. But once you do have like a pack of beats, who do you decide, oh, this person will sound great on me? Um, normally, I have a list of artists or like on a Google Drive who I've recognized on twitter or wherever and then i'll just listen to them and just look at the names and basically just whatever i'm feeling or what matches up to me that's who i'll put in a pack for and then i hope they choose it pretty much (laughs) that's it fair enough so 
I've come across this kind of theme in the music and with like, like talking about the identity of Saros and stuff like that. It's like this um, fixation almost on nature. So obviously Saros, we were talking about the poles and uh, the movement of the sun and moon. Uh, Jedos and Hoki are really obsessed with sunsets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, not going to be able to see a sunrise in the next hour, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adamism and animist. I know that was kind of a joke name. It came up because of the um, Milo song, but it feeds into it. And you talk about it on um, Paradigm Shift. Yeah. Uh, The Sand Project, Dead Petals, and Ian just being obsessed with bugs and stuff. (laughs) 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 Is this a theme that has been purposeful, this kind of natural, organic kind of theme? And the logo. And the logo. That's really crazy because I never noticed that. That's yeah. really crazy. Yeah, I didn't think of the dead pedals one to be honest. For me, yeah. it was definitely wasn't like, planned. Yeah, no, nah, it mean, wasn't I, planned. Honestly, I, I kind of like went with it and like uh, because I would listen to like a lot of music just like out on a hike trail. So it was kind of like music and nature always went hand in hand. And also, Trash. I live out in Oklahoma, so like I've like you know been outside my whole life, like not just like outside but outside and like nature and shit there's a lot of trees there's a lot of forests there's a lot of everything um and so that was definitely the direction i wanted to go with my music um especially like whenever i did whenever i did name myself animist it was kind of like a stupid 15 year old decision but as like i progressed through life it definitely became like a philosophy that i held with myself and um I wanted to be a big part of my music and I wanted that to be like the aesthetic. And so like everything besides like my first two projects have something to do with nature, like in the title. So like I had, uh, what was it? Oh, Flourishing. And then uh, my next one's gonna be, or then I had Overgrown, then I'm gonna have Cultivating and then I'm gonna have Permafrost. And so it's kind of like the cycle of nature and stuff. Uh, it's a bit out of order because it's kind of just how I'm feeling. But uh, yeah, nature with me has always been something. And then like, I know Ian, he uh, he goes out in his woods and uh, <laughs> listens to music and takes bong rips. <laughs> yeah. The hike ski. Where's the bug thing come from? Um, Whenever I was younger, I wanted to be an entomologist. But that's, it's crazy because... Uh, my career or what I wanted to be in terms of like a practical career has changed a little bit. And now it's, I, I'm taking courses to be a veterinarian. So it's kind of crazy how it goes kind of full circle. But um, I mean, obviously different type of animal, but an entomologist, I, I don't know. I just was always fascinated by bugs. There's some bugs that are fucking terrifying and, you know, there's some that i that are kind of cool so (laughs) i had that spider and you know i thought it was a creepy picture so that's what i used it for the cover art for i was like it matches the music (laughs) 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 oh shit that's funny i remember the reactions of uh, dalton and jed yeah (laughs) i think it fits the album well but yeah it disgusts me on every level. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah, live in the middle me. of West Virginia, which, I mean, we're not really a suburban state. We just have a lot of rural mountains, and that's really it. We got farms. 
we're kind of, you know, we're the little stop that everybody forgets about um, in between like PA and Virginia and Maryland and everything. So there's not a whole lot going on over here. It's just a lot of country. Yeah, honestly. Well, I think the aesthetic fits beautifully, even if it is like unintentional by most of you apart from animals. But um, yeah, so getting into like general, I guess, the music stuff, uh, I guess looking to the future. So what does success look like to Saros? To me, success, I don't know, man. Success is very simple to me, honestly. If I can make a, a stable living off of just producing art, then I'm good. That's exactly I'm, that's successful mm. to me. If, if I can if, maintain if that's okay in one word, mm. it, like if I can just maintain, you know, a stable living off of art, then that's that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, yeah that's facts. I think I'm mm. kind of the opposite of them. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Ryan, I know you're a OME fan. Uh, mm-hmm. He has that line, I rhyme for survival, so the art is a bonus. And uh, I actually have a line in uh, one of my new songs where it's, I rhyme for the art, so survival is a bonus. And so, like, mm-hmm. for me, if I'm, like, comfortable and confident with my music and I just thoroughly love everything I'm putting out, that's success. And so the money that does come with it is kind of just an added bonus and like the fruits of my labors but like definitely the labor part is how i define success as long and like i don't care too much about other people liking it but as long as i like it that's that's what i call success in my mind yeah yeah i'm, I'm the same way for sure uh yeah i was gonna say i mean shit, i already think i'm successful like yeah to cir- like circumstances like you know where i'm from and like you know, just shit like that I've had to go through, like, you know, shit I've seen, like, you know, to be able to... Yeah, Christine. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> nah, but to be able to cultivate, like, you know, a fan base and, like, you know, really have my art heard, like, even if only one person heard it, like, to me, that's already success, bro. Like... Yeah, like, just to hop on that. All that stuff's cool. I want a mansion. I need like that'd be nice though, but not success. Yeah. But I just want honestly, success for me is like everybody, like I said, like in the interview on the Central Sauce interview, I just want everybody to experience and, and take away something from my art. So my success would definitely be a monetary gain to where I can be stable and live comfortably, but also just having people understand and feel where I'm coming from and being able to heal in any way or get relief from from my art that I put out and, and make for others, you know. Mm. Thanks. It's I'll crazy to hear. Oh, sorry. No, go go ahead. It's crazy to get that message and have people actually reach out to you and be like, mm. uh understand like genuinely understand your shit. Mm-hmm. And it's just surreal. Uh, honestly, like I said, it still hasn't hit me yet. I don't know about y'all, but nah, yeah. for me, just I feel like success has already kind of, in a way, been achieved because nobody, I, I can't think of anybody that's really ever made it from my state out of music. And I haven't made it, but 
I'm definitely doing a lot better than whoever else has tried. Bro, guys, talk, talk that. Oh, I got over here. I got Macklemore and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got Lil Tracy at least. I did not know Lil Tracy was from Washington. I did not know that. I know the, Lil Mosey. You know, okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you know who Lil Tracy's dad is, right? No. The guy from, <laughs> what? Uh, the guy from Shabazz Palace. No way, oh, really? Wow, yeah. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's fucking crazy. It's crazy because Tracy's from Seattle and he's from Virginia Beach. Damn, that's crazy. That I, didn't know know that. I did not know that. Learn something new. I'm still trying and to his figure mom's out who Coco from is. SWV. <laughs> Charles, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm <about to> look. <laughs> I feel like I know, but I just you know. But uh, I'm glad you had the answer to that question because. I was going to say that you're all already successful because you have made beautiful art. Like you've done that one thing and that is success. That is doing something that most people never get to do. And that's great art because art is the biggest thing we have on this planet. I appreciate it. Exactly. But uh, some random little questions. And so, (laughs) so I like the, uh, the discord, the discord is a behemoth. Like you have these listening parties for the albums you're doing a whole bunch of stuff and I know you're building further with it. So yeah. So what, where did the idea for the discord to do these listening parties and to expand on it further come from? It started with uh, Dalton and I actually, I think, yeah, I did. And we hopped in a call together, I think. And we, we made the discord. The discord was initially just people sharing music or expressing music, something like that. That was the initial idea. And there was like 20 people, 15, something like that from Twitter. But it wasn't really active. If, if I don't know if you remember Dalton, but yeah, it was, it was active for a while. Yeah, like, <laughs> and uh, it would be me and Dalton hopping on with Ian and Jed. Thank uh, God for Minecraft resurgent on Twitter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. with Minecraft. Lot. Yeah, we'd play Minecraft. We'd just talk. We'd listen to each other's beats or raps or verses. And mm-hmm. it was uh, the four. And then I think it was around the time uh, the West Side Gun album was dropping, Pray for Paris. Yeah. Mm. And uh, like we stayed up just playing Minecraft. And then it dropped. So we listened to it uh, for the first time together on Discord. And uh, we're just like typing in everything, muted ourselves and all that. I still can't believe we got a tap dancer on that album. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so like a lot of the new stuff we're doing, like they've been doing listening party and stuff. That's like a thing in Discord now, right? Have listening parties to group of people to come. I was, I talked to Dalton and San or Jalen about, um, how we could market ourselves. Like we just had, we was in a discord one night and we were just talking about like, like marketing ourselves. And like, now that we like are established in a way how to progress our image and get more people involved and get a broader audience. And so on one night I went in there and just did this thing called Brown Sounds Radio. It was just like just sharing my music, just sharing music that I like. And um, and like in a radio-ish setting, you know, and uh, just talking in between, you know, things like that. 
And that became a thing. We do Soros Radio every week. We took a break this week. But, um, yeah, doing that and having just us, like, to interact with people more and then, like, get to, like, get to know us more in a way. And then uh, I did a beat battle thing. We hosted a beat battle a couple weeks ago. And we're probably going to do another one of those soon. Just, like, things like that to get people involved, you know, and um, get our name out more out and just, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, Charles has been coming up with some great ideas lately. Um, yeah, shout out to Charles. Yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, and so we've just been trying to grow our Discord, do certain like community type things. Uh, everyone likes to be involved. Um, like they, they like those things. They gravitate more towards something that they can actually interact with rather than us just being quiet and then dropping music. Yeah, and the Sour Sundays is a huge part of that right because you're flooding the flooding people's ears basically yeah is that, that yeah. charles idea <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's a fun thing we're doing i think that's gonna be really fun um what we plan on doing with it you know just as more like i feel like the one i came up with the idea was more like a um similar to a good fridays-esque mm-hmm. idea you know, we all push out because we're going to have new music, new like projects coming out soon. All of us, we, you know, we've had a minute to like make things. So um, the idea was, you know, we could all just promote ourselves as a whole, keep everything in house, you know, keep pushing and stuff. And then we can all put out together on the EP or whatever after, you know, like on streaming. But it's really just to get, get our, get our stuff out and just like show like, you know, we are sorrows. Like here we are. This is us. You know what I'm saying? Just putting on, I like, cause it's just fun for me. You know, yeah. there's no serious pressure. Cause when it's for yourself, you're the direct artist. It's, it's a lot of pressure on you to mm-hmm. put something out for these. It's just, you know, it's just having fun with it and making good music with like friends, you know? Yeah. And uh, earlier someone mentioned the uh, Dead Petals being a quintessential Saros album. So what do you think the other quintessential Saros projects are? Definitely with love. With love, yeah. With love. Paradigm shift. Oh. Paradigm. Here, paradigm, definitely. Paradigm shift. Uh, the tears yeah. like crystals. Like all, all of them. Shit, all of them. Uh, 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 if you're getting uh, no. into sorrows, you got to listen to all of them, right? You can't. You know, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't listen no. to all of them. The hell are you doing? That's the lifeless by Chad as well. Yeah. That's yeah. Like yeah. Drowning cycle. Drowning cycle, of course. All, yeah, it's all like, of them. It, it, you can get yourself down in a rabbit thing. hole. We have yeah. a lot yeah. of projects released. Yeah. Like, you start with one of us. If you like us, we all like each other. So you're going to like us. Like, it's simple as exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who said I like y'all? <laughs> Speaking of paradigm shift, there's that Nagasi poem at the start of one of the songs, which I think is just mm. beautiful. So, Nagasi, I haven't wrote you in for a while, but. Uh, where did that is that something you had already written uh, and something that uh, Animus took for the album or is it something you wrote specifically for the song? I'm pretty sure it was something that I wrote for the that I wrote yeah. for the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, he because he reached out to me about wanting me to be on it, and I um I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to to appear on it. And he just gave me a concept, you know, just like a little prompt to run with, and then. I did it and recorded it on voice memos, lobbed it to him, and um, it was basically like a little, like a small little interlude at the beginning. Missed out, you know? so yeah, it was, yeah. it was it was it was super fun. I'm looking small forward to doing more stuff like that. that. Paid off. 
Exactly. That, that was that, that was cool as hell. DJ Booth. DJ Booth. Yeah, that was cool as hell. Oh, yeah. That was memo. Super DJ crazy. Uh, yeah. That's Dylan Green, right? Yes. Dylan yeah, Green. Shout out to man, Superstar, man. Yeah, he's been going crazy this year, man. Like, Facts. Yeah, damn, I'm proud of him for that. Yeah, he's I remember he game. he gave me a, a shout out when uh, Dead Pedals dropped too, so I fucked that dude. Mm. He's yeah. a really nice guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, great guy. Um, damn, what was I just about to ask? Oh yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> so there's eight members of SARS right now. Is there a cap? Definitely not. I don't think there's no. a cap. Yeah, like I don't think a limit. I don't really care how many people are in the group, to be honest. As long as everyone, like, as long if if we find someone that fits well and that's talented and is serious about music, and we all like them, is always a group discussion whenever people join. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, I don't. I haven't seen that person that's gonna step in and you know really like do something for all of us. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah. it's just gonna it's gonna stay at eight for a while. But hey, bro, yeah, I'm honest. definitely. No, go ahead, bro. No, I was gonna say I'm definitely open to you know adding uh, another another person to Soros for sure. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think right is, now we're uh, just all content. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. We, exactly. we got a good we got a good thing going until like in my opinion, until I see someone that like blows me away, and we're like, oh yeah, we can't we can't let nobody else. We got to get them. You know what I'm saying? We got to nah, yeah. get the first round draft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> we got the first overall pick, bro. You know, we, we, yeah. we have, that's that's us. If I see someone like that, man, that's like really stands out because we're, in my opinion, we all have great artists in every area and we're just keep on developing more and more. So until we like find someone that does something, I'm, in my opinion, that, that we don't do as well or another strength to it, that's that's what I think would be a good idea. But honestly, right now we're we're sitting, we're pretty stacked right now. And yeah. like how Charles said, like no one until like they really blow us away. And like that's how I feel about like everyone that like I've asked to join, like Sand, Amoa, Charles, Nathan, literally Nathan. everyone. It was like from like the four core people that started like after that it, i wasn't like none of us were planning on growing it but it's like then i heard their music and i was like ah shit like <laughs> we might have to pick someone else up and it's kind of been going like that and i think that's kind of how we're gonna base the future off of uh getting yeah. and the crazy thing was that every time dalton approached any of us to add anyone else to the group it was usually uh, a mutual decision before he even asked Everyone yeah. was thinking the same thing, and right. as soon as he asked, it was just confirmation that like we should definitely add whoever to the group. Yeah, that's beautiful, and uh, I I agree that the uh, the quality level is so high right now that it would be difficult for everyone to break through. Like you set a standard for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. last question because I know you uh, few have things on. So I want to go around and I want you to give me a song a beat a line something that you've done that you think your favorite artist would be proud of Ooh. oh my god i'm gonna let you know this right wow. now <laughs> not it I'm not gonna lie. I'm oh not my gonna god hold that's you. a crazy question wow. that's a very I'm good not, question i like that a lot i'm I not like gonna hold you <laughs> 
<laughs> you should have put that under the Zoom link. I needed like an hour to think about that. Oh, you gonna have to give me a second. Hello, let me go Yo, through my track. That's list. a crazy. Hey, I don't got an answer for that. I don't even got that on me. Yeah, nah, look. If I had re- okay, so this new stuff I'm working on, I would say no, don't, don't nah 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 nah. Because nah, 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 nah. look though, nah look, don't though, don't. This new stuff I'm working on. If I would have showed that to my favorite artist, I'm pretty sure they'd all fuck with it. The old, like what I previously put out, though, shut I'm up, not shut sure. Up. Oh, I'm not gonna lie with you. That's how I feel. It's like I got like so many release unreleased songs, and I'm like, yeah, they fuck with this, but like my release stuff, I don't know. It's like, like I'm doing so much. so much better now. Like I'm, I'm really making the music that I've always wanted to make. Like mm-hmm. now, you know, Charles, you got one. Bro, I'm looking. I'm going through my notes right now. <laughs> oh, I'll probably say like like preliminary before I keep looking. I'll say like Revelations. Like that song, hella crazy in my opinion. So like you know, okay, Kendrick's my favorite artist. So I think Kendrick will follow that. You'll be too humble. You'll be too humble. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really that's a good question. Nah, bro. Uh, yeah. Michael, who's your favorite artist again? You got like eight. You got like I have like ninety nine favorite artists. Shoot. <laughs> hey, play any of them. Play any of them in. Nah, order, hey, I hey, just pick, a, just pick a beat, but you think Jay Dilla will fuck with, bro? How about that? Oh yeah, I got I, I got beats. I think. Yeah, you got beats. You got beats. They say it could be a beat or or a song reverse. Yeah, but it ha- wait, does it have to be released or unreleased? Released, of course, bro. When someone look back at released, it. oh, <laughs> they just gonna I'm stumble re- upon it. You got beats I'm though. Struggling. I think that's a great. That's a great. Nah, I think right. I. I think I would say reflect. My song reflect is probably mm, some that uh, a couple of my favorite artists would like. That's one of my favorite songs. It's my favorite. I think that's my favorite song off the uh project that I put out. Yeah. Reflect hard, I'm not gonna lie. How are you, Freddie? Is Kanye your main inspiration? I think you said before. Well, me? Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) I'm sure you got something Kanye would love. uh, It's Kanye and and like Dilla as well. And it's like, I I, I think I want to go with Red off of Jelly Departed. That's a all rounder. It was. Yeah. The beat that sort of started the project, so it's a safe pick, you know. I think uh, for me, it would be my feature on uh, Ridgie's album. Uh, it's called Everlasting. Um, I think Rap Fiera would fuck with that. Mm. No one else Oh, actually, I got another. So since we talk about features, I well, it is unreleased. It's not really fair. Damn, never mind. It ain't even my song. It ain't even my song. Never mind. Yeah, I got a crazy ass album. Yeah, I got a crazy feature coming. Like a crazy, crazy feature that is like probably some of my best rappers. So, is that the one I'm thinking about? What was you saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I might be coming out soon. Who, who knows? So soon? Yeah, so soon. All right, bet. All right. Yeah. Up. I'm looking through my stuff right now. I have hurry no idea. up. Hurry what, up who bro. do y'all think? Who do y'all think? Jalen, bro. Who do you who do you think? What's Great. what track? Oh, bro. 
literally, yeah, I dreams dream is great, dreams. bro. J Cole, would love, Drake dreams. Cole would love dreams, bro. bro why are you doing <laughs> <that name? laughs> You're foul. You're foul. It's, it's, it's a running oh joke. It's a running <laughs> joke. Man, J Cole, my favorite artist ever, man. I love J Cole, but that's not true by any means, man. J Cole would love dreams. Uh, why are you doing? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I would say that O three is amazing. O three is like O3. one of the greatest songs. I swear to God, like that. So you can play you think, that. You think anybody. Kenny will mess with that? With 03? Yeah. You yes. think Kenny? Hey, uh, Michael, but you think Thought will fuck with 03? 03? Probably, yeah. No, I ain't like the answer. Said, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't like the answer, bro. <laughs> nah, look, I think a lot of people would fuck with, like, a lot of people we look up to would fuck with 03. Oh, like, sure. 03 is crazy. Like, that's an amazing song. It's one of my favorites. That's probably my favorite sure. song for this nigga, bro. Like, he snapped on that. Yeah, you really oh, yeah. Okay, for sure. That's my answer. 03. Yeah. Oh, isn't CP one of your favorite artists as well? CP is actually on the project. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jeff, okay. you got something? Uh, I don't even I don't even listen to my own stuff, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like me, I don't listen to my own yeah, stuff I'm either. I mean, that's yeah. what was hard for me to answer. <laughs> yeah, I'll be thinking of the yeah. stuff I should have mixed be- like no. better. Man, I ain't I'm my own favorite ones. artist, bro. <laughs> I be listening to all of y'all, but myself. Yeah, I'd probably say Gaps. Yeah, to be honest, if mm. I had to pick one, Gaps is Gaps a crazy really beat. Good. Yeah, Gaps is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the artist? Who's your favorite artist? Um, for producer, I'd say Dilla, mm-hmm. easily. And Gavs was like you used a Dilla technique, didn't you? The it quantized was like a six eight to a four four. Ooh, oh, okay. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Pretty my favorite. Ian, did you give one? Um, I feel like if. Earl heard my music. I, first off, this is a complete hypothetical because I I don't see that happening. But no, I think, I hey, if Earl heard Argov, anything's possible. But uh, that's true. That's true. I think it's happening soon. But it's worse. <laughs> I feel like Murky Waters he would respect. Mm-hmm. We got readers at yeah. Central Source. We think that might might have been put on by this very interview. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah. Real. Hey, listen to this man right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this has been wonderful. Uh, I'm such a big fan of everyone. So it's been amazing just to sit down with you all. I've been trying to do this for ages, like I was saying to Animus before. Um, I'm glad we finally sorted our shit out and got it done. <laughs> yeah, this is dope. Yeah, this is awesome. I really That's appreciate great. it for sure. Yeah, this is awesome. Man. Really Thank appreciate you. it. No worries, man. Any last messages you want to throw out to the people, Nardwell style? Um, should we get round table? Yeah, round table. Final, final thoughts. <laughs> Animus. Listen final. to all our music. Um, yeah. website coming soon. Um, buy our music on Bandcamp. You know all that shit. Check us all out. If you like one of us, you like all of us. It's oh, at We Are Sorrows everywhere. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Don't forget it. New music coming soon. Yeah.
hey, it's slack. Hey, though. profound. It's, profound. I'm profound. doing no. Nah, you know, I I think I can speak for a lot of us when I say we're doing a lot of different things this time around. Nah, we Releasing got slaps. We like, got this year. Yeah. We're no, this year we're coming. A lot of a lot of things we're that about to evolve. Yeah, we're doing a lot of things that we haven't delved into before, and it's beautiful, man. It's very beautiful. Well, you know, I'll be here to push it and support it. You're Much love, that. bro. All the um, like that. <laughs> I think, what did I say? Sorrow Sundays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got... I don't know if it's going to come out, but if by, by the time this comes out, we don't got any... Uh, we're, we're done for a minute. Go back and listen to it. It's probably gonna be on the EP or, or an album somewhere for somebody. True, true. Um, then we got the dis- Discord. Um, definitely, definitely check out the Discord, man. It's gonna Watch be out on. for the Lucy's we put in there. Yeah, well, yep. Mm-hmm. Discord. We we put Lucy's in there. We have album listening parties, beat battles, flip battles, um, Sorrow's Radio. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, even just chilling, even just gaming, just yeah, taking man, it. for real. It's, I it's, it's a great environment. So yeah, yeah check yeah, out that. Yeah. I got got new music on the way, coming coming hard with it. Physicals and merch coming soon? Question mark. Uh, well, I don't know. Come oh, on, bro. Hey. <laughs> and then um, also one. I want to shout out real quick, bro. If I can like other collectives that are doing that are amazing, like Ten Penny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ten pennies. Hey, them is my guy. Them is my brothers. Super team. Super team. Them is my brother. Super crazy. Shout out Ten Penny, man. Yeah, and then shout out uh, Wasteman. Shout out Wasteman, my brother. They don't know about Wasteman yet. They don't know about Wasteman quite yet. Nah, yeah. Shout out Wasteman. Y'all gonna see definitely either beats or verse. Y'all gonna see Wasteman collab with Sorrow. Shout out Apollo's Harp, too. Apollo's Harp, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Apollo's Harp. Shout out no clue, bro. Hey, shout out no clue. 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 Shout out no all right thank you so much this has been saros thank you thank you appreciate it yes sir one love yes sir this episode of the search of source was hosted by ryan gord central source creative collective and featuring saros the episode is edited by me, Charlie Taylor, the fifth in Podcast Network. Music for the show is fucked up by Basti. Thanks to Chill Preckers for the ability to use. This has been the Central Source and Fifth End Podcast Network production. Thanks to Basti, Chill Preckers, Central Source, and the Fifth Element can all be found in the full show notes below. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time as we continue our search for Source. <laughs>